I'd like to welcome the lunch guy, Jacob Holland, to the Coach's Edge podcast, two-time world record holder. He had one the last time we had him on the show. He's got two now. He's going to talk about that, some of the discipline, the consistency uh, of lunging and the benefits and the insane streak that he also has going on. One of the most disciplined guys uh, I know, and uh, it's a great way to you know, it's January as we're recording this. This will come out in February earlier in the year. I think it'll give us a great, you know, kickstart if, if any of our listeners need it to, you know, go into 2024 uh, very, very strong. So uh, the lunge guy, Jake Holland, how you doing, man? Thanks for being on the podcast again. No, thanks for having me, Steve. I, I really appreciate it. And, and those nice words that you said, you said uh, one thing that stuck out was uh, I'm one of the most disciplined people that you know, which you're one of the most disciplined people that I know. I learned that at an early age from working with you, training with you for basketball reasons. Now my training looks a little different, but back in the day, you and I got shots up all the time and and it really showed what kind of work it needed to be to be a professional athlete. And at that time, that's what I was striving to be like yourself. So um, thank you, first thing. Um, but yeah, you're one of the most disciplined people that I know too. Uh, so in prep, I appreciate that. And in preparation for this, I knew I was coming on with you. I went big today, yeah. right? I've been messing <laughs> around with this, the cold tub, the cold plunge thing. And so I did two cold exposures today to prep for this podcast. Usually I just do one in the morning, but today, you know, listen to the Huberman. I mean, he he's doing like cold and then hot and then cold and hot. I was like, all right, I, big podcast yeah. with Jake today. So I did cold tub and then I went hot shower and then I went cold shower to finish. So I went cold, hot, cold today in preparation for this. I did, as I, we were talking before, I did the French press coffee instead of like the Keurig coffee. I, I did all, I upped my game a little bit for, for this podcast, knowing that, that you were going to come in. I mean, it's not often you get to talk to somebody who has uh, world records. <laughs> so uh, I got to bring my A game as well. You, Let's go. You got the world record for the mile lunge walk. What was the time again, Jake? Uh, I broke the mile on October 25th, 2022 at 23 minutes and 14 seconds. Okay. So for our listeners that haven't heard Jake on the podcast before, go back and listen to that episode. If it's on Twitter, I, I can put like that episode link uh, as well. Instagram, if you're on Instagram, I can put that link there as well. And so since we've had Jake on, on the podcast talking about that, that's lunging every step, stride for stride, knee touching the ground for a mile yes. straight. Um, that's an insane pace, insane distance, everything, right? And so since yep. that time, he's done the 800 meter as well. You've uh, applied to Guinness. Take us through a little bit of, of that process because now you have that world record as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, and it's funny because I applied to create the 800 meter world record back in 2021, shortly after I failed to um, break the one mile my, during my first attempt in 2020. So in August 2020. So fast forward a few months in 2021, I was trying to think of something creative and hey, why not do an 800 meter? So I, I looked up on Guinness. I didn't see anything on their website. So through their process, you have to create an account, which I already had for the mile. Um, so I had that going. And then I submitted an application to create this new 800 meter world record attempt 
and you're kind of pitching the whole thing to them, right? And then you got to pay the five bucks to even try to have it created. Um, and in 2021, they denied me saying it wasn't a quote iconic distance, which um, kind of made me really think because you think about the Olympics, it's world known. Um, there's an 800 meter run, right? Or sprint basically. So I, I let that go, kept going with my lunges every day and kept pushing, kept training and, and ended up attempting to break the mile up in 2022 and broke that. And then at that time I was confidence was super high. Um, inspiration was there. So I went back to my account and pitched Guinness again on that 800 meter. And I had a little bit more credibility with breaking that one mile. Um, so I, I threw that in there during the pitch. Um, so we went back and forth for a few weeks, a couple months, actually, um, in 2022, coming into 2023 now because of the new year. Um, and they finally got back to me and approved it. And when they approved it, since nobody has set the record, created the, I'm creating it, right? So they have a base standard of Guinness Consulting Group Agency uh, set the 800 meter time at eight minutes. So and my first thought was, how did you come up with this eight minute, 800 meter, right? So I went back to them. And at the time when I was pitching them, I was the holder for the one mile. And I was referencing my one mile attempt on how you should basically create the splits based off of my splits during my one mile attempt. And during my one mile attempt, uh, my 800 meter time was 11 minutes and 11 seconds, which at the time was my fastest ever. So I, you want to do a little bit faster, right? So I let them know like, Hey, at the time I'm, nobody's been faster at this mile. You should probably base it off my splits. I consider myself an expert four plus years coming on five years in a row of at least 800 meters of lunges. Um, I believe it should Say be 11 minutes. Time, Jake. Say that one more time. Uh, I'm coming up on five years in a row of at least 800 meters of lunges every day. Today was 1,798 days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, <laughs> don't want to just slide over that. But um, coming up on a that, half that's, a that's more impressive to me. I don't want to say it's more impressive because the a world record is you're yeah, yeah, yeah. you're I in the first place, right? But uh, to do anything that sucks that much that many days in a row, yeah, and it it also takes a long time to to do that. Yep. So that's a, a an extended period of suck in your day every day um, is just like to me that's almost more impressive, you know, like yeah. Any, anyway, I just wanted to make sure we didn't gloss over yeah. some people and some people are going to agree with me and some people, are be like, of, of course, like the world record, what world record. I'm not arguing that world record is like insane. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that like this has been almost five years, I mean, that's yeah. crazy, crazy. So keep going. You know, I, I appreciate that, Steve, because sometimes just being honest and I'm, I'm an honest person, I um, take pride in being honest. Uh, I can kind of overlook my streak, right? Um, it's just, it's part of me. It's, it's what I do. Um, I wouldn't, it, it's kind of my identity, right? I'm the lunge guy. So, um, and I've always learned from others and different variations and things like that, but yes, I'm two days away from 1800 days in a row and 1,825 days will equal out five straight years. So I am 27 days away from five straight years. Yes. Um, I will definitely celebrate that day. Um, 
with doing 800 meters of lunges <laughs> and I'll probably treat myself to some, some nice meals or something like that. So, um, but anyways, uh, but thank you, Steve. I, I do appreciate that because it, it does mean a lot to me and I, I can't even fathom the day if it ever comes that that streak ends. So, um, Jack's going to the... be 72 years old. <laughs> it's it's going to be, you know, he, he's going to have his orthopedics in and, uh, yep. you know, he's going to be around the track and it, it may take him, you know, two hours. To I was just about to say, it might take me... who knows, might be out there all day, but he's going to get those, get those lunges in. So keep yeah. going. No matter what. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, um, getting back into the 800 meters, um, their consulting group set it to eight minutes. And I kind of questioned it just based off of my experience with lunges. It's like, I've never even broken 10 minutes at the time for an 800 meter. And my mile was 11, 11 for the 800 meter. So we went back and forth a little bit and I explained to them the whole process of lunges and things like that during my pitch. And, um, a couple of weeks later, they came back to me and said, you know, we, we went over it with our consulting group and we set it to 11 minutes. And right then and there, I, I was like, game on. It's like, it's on because I was only 11 seconds away during my one mile. So shoot, if I put a nice training phase focusing on 800 meters, as opposed to the mile, I can definitely mm -hmm. break 11 minutes. So mindset shift right away. I'm going for this 800 meter world record attempt. And so I was looking at dates, things like that. And at the time, my my wife and I, we were living in Tascalo, Ohio, um, since moved to Saginaw. And I was like, maybe I should try to break these 800 meters a couple of weeks before we move. This will kind of be my, my send off of leaving Ohio, leaving old school gym, leaving the 4am crew. Um, and I'll just on my way back to Michigan, right. And start my own thing. So Training's going through it and I'm just, I'm just continuing to do my squats and, and my deadlift, my powerlifting focused training and, and transitioning more into some strength endurance sprint lunges. Um, and at the time I started working with a, a doctor in chiropractic in Ohio to, to, to do some rehab on my hip and knee that was really bugging me for quite some time. And I just had enough of it. And I got a referral from the doctor that I went and saw in Ohio, Dr. Eric Serrano, um, referred me to his son-in-law, Dr. Dylan Seeley, um, based out of Pickerington, Ohio, um, did a great job. I learned so much from him and I started getting healthy again, started getting my strength back, started actually using my glutes and my hamstring, my posterior chain. I realized it was shut off on the right side. So really activating that every single day and just continuing to double down on those rehab movements. Um, got my body lined up and, uh, he was prepping me to get in shape for that, um, world record attempt. And that was the main focus the entire time I was seeing him. We were talking strategy. We we're talking training, um, rehab. I, I'm doing whatever it takes to break this world record. Mm -hmm. And then that's, that was a mentality the entire time. And I wasn't going to let anything get in the way of that. So, um, October 6th. Point twenty three. I attempted it again at Denison University in Granville. I had um, Corey Gregory, Don Labenthal, um, Coach Mike Deegan, who was the baseball coach at Denison. And then Dylan was also one of my witnesses, also having Trayvon filming and then Paul Susak taking pictures. So it was a it was a 
awesome morning, a, mo a morning I'll never forget, and a morning that holds near and dear to my heart. Um, it was a record that I created through Guinness World Records. Um, I, I created it in in thoughts of everyone else who does these 800 meters of lunges. I can go back to my pitch I sent to Guinness, and, and it just proves like there's so many people in the world right now because of Corey Gregory getting people on these 800 meters of lunges, doing them every single day, pushing themselves to the limits, pushing their times and seeing some crazy times. Like there's people out there right now really pushing these lunges and they're, they're setting themselves up for some success if they really want to put themselves out there and, and try to try to break the 800. That's what I created for. I'm a man that grew up in a town of Seabung, Michigan, that thrives in competition, as you know, Steve, with through a, through a school that was big on athletics and, and hard work, discipline and, and competitive nature. Like that's, that's where I grew up and, and that's my roots. And I, I hold that dear to my heart. Like that's me, man. Like I'm, I don't play any game to lose. Right. So we're playing a board game with some friends down the street and I'm like, I'm playing to win. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I got a good hand. And you guys are about to lose. Like, I'm going to sit there across from the table and say that to your face because that's my competitive nature. And you know very well, growing up in a family of all boys and and playing basketball with them and playing one-on-one, -on -one, being competitive, man, that's what this life is about, is being competitive with others. You're competing with somebody else for that job. I'm going to compete against you too. You get what I'm saying? So that was the whole thought process with his 800 meters is I know I can break it. I know I can set a crazy time that would my thought process talking to Corey and the boys, they were like, Jake, you need to set a time where people who lunge every day, look at that time and say, how in the world did he get that time? Like that's kind of unfathomable. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but all records are meant to be broken, man. So if, if someone's out there, training to break that let's let's see so what it. was the time i don't know if you said what what the time was yeah so, sorry i just got so caught up in um my official time was nine minutes 40 seconds 0.82 whatever that is mm. um i thought they were going to round up to nine minutes 41 seconds because that's what they did for my one mile attempt my one mile was like 23 13 and 0.79 so they just rounded up to 23 14 so it might be a um a time thing maybe they didn't round up because i got into the single digit minutes right yeah probably um so that averages out to a four minute 20 second 400 meter no i'm sorry wrong math hey i'm not no, no, an expert not, in not math quite. it's in the four, four minute mark though 435 435 nope 445 i'm butchering this math either way you gotta do two laps in nine minutes and 40 seconds to break my time Mm -hmm. and uh mm -hmm. and if you think you can do it man i want to see it and i'm gonna be the first to congratulate you if you uh if you break it four minutes and 50 seconds does that sound right yeah it sounds like perfect yep yeah. you're right yep you're um, you're better with numbers than me <laughs> uh insane i mean i i've always uh said if i was doing a a quarter mile a lap around the track and if i got it done in under 10 minutes i felt pretty accomplished so the fact yeah. that you would have lapped me <laughs> doing something that I was like, yeah, I feel pretty good about that. I did 400 meters and under 10 is just, it is an insane, absolutely insane pace. Um, yeah. So 
anyway, con congratulations on on that. Thank you. Um, again, as we as we mentioned last time, and in our podcast, I think the the point of doing things that are challenging, doing things that are are tough, and doing them on a consistent basis, yep. is something that is going to set us up for success, uh, not just physically, uh, but mentally, and and everything that surrounds our life. Um, you know, I, that's something that, you know, I, I, I told you I've been doing the cold plunges lately and prior yep. to that I was doing cold showers. And so the next thing from a cold shower would be a cold plunge, right? It's harder to do for any of you guys that have messed around. It's easier it's to so do hard. a cold shower, right? Cause a cold yeah. shower, you're not, your whole body's, you're not getting wet the whole, the whole time. So, um, but cold shower is not very fun either. So I was doing you're a not. cold shower, Every every day before our summer basketball camps, so I don't know how many camps I ran this summer, but before I went into the gym that morning when I got up, cold shower, and uh, so I I felt some, you know benefits from that, especially in those first yeah. few hours of the day, um, by shocking myself with with cold water, and uh, so since and I and I know there's a lot of you know health benefits to cold therapy, and you can kind of go down that whole rabbit hole as as deep as you want, um, but for me. Yeah one of the benefits that I found of, you know, messing around with this for close to a month now is, is probably similar to what you would say with lunges or anything else that's challenging is like doing something that you don't want to do consistently mm. builds character. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I hate cold. I hate cold. Like there's a, we moved to South Carolina <laughs> because we didn't want to live in the Midwest anymore. Why? Right. I, cause I don't like cold. I don't like snow. Yeah. Uh, people always, Oh, you lived in Michigan. Did you know, did you do winter stuff? Did you do like skiing and all that stuff? I was like, no, I didn't do anything outside in the winter. Cause I didn't want to be cold. No. I was playing basketball. Thank goodness. It was a winter sport. I, just be I was just about to basketball. say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like some people are a little more okay with cold, not mm -hmm. one of those guys. So when I hop in a cold tub, like I freaking hate being in the cold tub. But that's one of the reasons I should do it, right? Because I don't, I yes, really sir. don't like being being cold. So, with you doing something that takes even longer, I mean, if I jump in for ninety seconds, two minutes, you know, whatever that that is going to be, mm -hmm. yeah, fairly amount of time, I'm I'm going to be done. This comes back to okay, former college athlete, right? Talk about growing up in you know a, a sports, a very strong sports competitive community to our basketball yep. coaches that are listening to our athletes that are listening, all the players that, that I get the chance to train that are are listening, speak a, a little bit on the importance of doing what it takes compared to just doing the things mm. that you feel like doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great, Steve. A couple of things I'm going to take away from what you said leading into that is um, doing something difficult um, consistently. Mm. That's the key word consistently. Like, Anybody can go out and do something that's difficult, right? Anybody can go out, run in the street right now when it's snowing and challenge themselves. But can you do it consistently enough to reap the benefits? Um, and over time, you learn that and you learn so much about yourself because nobody's out there with you. Nobody's out on the track lunging with you. Nobody's out there watching yeah, people are watching me do these records and witnessing those, but nobody's really in the trenches with me day in mm. and day out fighting those inner battles. Like mm. I'm, I'm human too. Yeah. Like I'm human too. I fight with myself 
almost every other day on getting my lunges done. Like you may think, oh, Jake, you've done them for so long, man. You just got to be, they just got to be easy to you. No, they are not easy. And that's why I do them every single day, no matter what, is because I need that challenge for myself because I know it's going to reap rewards because I've trusted the process. I've been in it long enough. And I know that when I put the hard work into something that's extremely difficult and then I become obsessed about it and consistently be obsessed about it, then you might be able to start breaking some records and, and pushing your body and mind to the limits. Right. Um, so just, I hope that kind of answered your question is, uh, is just being consistent, man. Like that's the main thing. Like I'm not, I wouldn't tell somebody who's a novice, um, and they're trying to get into weightlifting or trying to get into lunging or running or walking, whatever they're trying to get into. I wouldn't tell someone who's a novice to go lunge 800 meters because it's going to set them up for failure. I would say, Hey man, start out with three minutes on Monday, Tuesday, just three minutes. If you're telling me you can't do something for three minutes, man, you're just not willing to help yourself. And until you're willing to help yourself, I can't help you. So, um, just being consistent with it. Um, every single day is going to, you're going to start getting better more and more. And then that feeling on the inside that you get from doing something that's difficult after man, like it, it's, it's like a drug, right? I don't want to talk about drugs. So I'm not an advocate for drugs, but like, it's like a drug when you do something that's difficult, that feeling afterwards, it's hard to even explain mm -hmm. until, unless you've experienced it mm -hmm. like you and I both have. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's a very rewarding feeling yeah. when you know that the hardest thing you've done in the morning is out of the way right? and everything else in the rest of the day just seems pretty nonchalant. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um, so I was listening to the Huberman podcast with David Goggins and he was talking about there's nice. a part in your brain that actually grows when you do something that you don't want to do. I don't know if you remember listening to that, that point, but um I, th I think a lot of times, and there's this fine line for me as, as a basketball trainer and as a basketball coach, uh, yep. of course, like if I have a three hour basketball clinic, though, I want those kids to come back. <laughs> we're we're going to have fun. They're going to learn. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be a positive learning environment where, you know, I'm not going to be swearing at kids. Like I'm going to treat, you know, treat people well is, is one of the most, you know, I say like, there's three things I ask from all of our players, work hard, listen, be a good teammate treat other people well. Right. Uh, and so, and you know, that's, that's the environment for, for learning high intensity, detailed instruction, but at the same time, um, understanding and, and getting that point across of, you know, we, we live in a society that, you know, this fast food microwave success society, you want, you want something, you want it now. That's not how anything of value works. Takes time, right. Many yes. months or even years to, to build the the life and be the person that you want to be. We're always building, we're always growing, we're always developing. And so yep. it, even though we're, we want to have fun and I work with a lot of younger players as well, and you want to get them hooked on basketball and the great game, you know, best sport in the world. Uh, but it's also important for me to teach the life lessons that there's a lot of value in doing things that you don't want to do. There's going to be parts of basketball that you don't enjoy. But guess what? Yep. Those are the a lot of times the separators because everybody's doing the stuff that they like. 
right? So yes. what if you in the game can then start doing the things that you don't enjoy so much? Chances are other kids don't enjoy them, but you're the one doing them. Now you're advanced. Now you're now yep. you're passing passing people. And uh, so I thought it was really cool on on the podcast that it wasn't just like that understanding, but also the understanding of when uh, an individual does something that is hard and they don't want to do it. There's a part of their brain that is actually growing and developing and it doesn't grow. And it's not like challenged. Like if you do something that's hard, but you enjoy doing it, you're not going to activate that part of the brain. But if, if you do something consistently and you don't really want to do it, but you do it anyway, like there's yeah. actually a part of your brain that is growing and developing because you're pushing through those challenges. And to your point, like you do that stuff in the morning, especially mm-hmm. now you're going through the the rest of the day and people can work. You, you got to fit your schedule and, and do what you want. Yeah. So I'm not saying you got to only do stuff in the morning, but yeah. There's a point of like, I got the hardest part of my day in a sense out of the way early and you feel a little bit accomplished and then you can kind yep. of just roll with the rest of the day. And there's a lot of power in, in doing that, which, um, yeah, I want to talk. A little, so we've, we've talked mindset, we've talked hard work, we've talked the yep. record. Uh, I want you to talk about the, the upkeep, the, the training, taking care of your body, some of the, yep. you know, rehab that you've had to take place. You've mentioned you travel a lot for work, which means you spend a lot of time in your car, which uh, talk a little bit about that, because most people are listening, say you hurt your hip, you hurt your knee. It's because you're lunging every day. Right. Um, and and, and uh, of course, there's going to be wear and tear. A basketball player is going to be worn down at the end of the season compared to fresh at the beginning of the season. So I'm not saying like, yep. of course, there is some of that as well. But uh, sitting is much worse for us than <laughs> doing a hard exercise yeah. every day. And you do that a lot, you know, tens of thousands yep. of miles on the road, which has yep. made your training even more impressive and, and even more difficult. Talk a little bit about how you've been able to take care of your body. Our, our athletes need to understand some of those things as well. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. But real quick, before I get into that, Steve, you, you talked about, um, <clears throat> reaching that point in your brain when you're doing something hard, when you really don't want to do it. I had that feeling on Friday last week was my first run in almost four weeks. And it's a good transition because I'm getting into running again uh, right now. Um, I I started running in December and prep for this race that's here locally in um, Bay City uh, for St. Patrick's Day. And uh, I'm going to run an 8K at 9 a.m. and I'm going to run a 5K at 10.30 a.m. shortly after I finish the 8K. Um, which I have not ran a race since 2018 in Grand Rapids. I ran a 5K in like 22 or 23 and some change, whatever it was, irrelevant. Um, Anyways, I got that feeling because I don't like to run. I consider myself a power lifter that lunges competitively. Um, So running is like the opposite of what we should be doing for power lifting, right? So um, I told myself I've been motivated by Cameron Haynes on his book that I've been listening to. And um, obviously Cameron Haynes and David Goggins are very good friends. Um, so I went out for a, a 10 K run and, um, I got it in 59 minutes, 45 seconds. And I was pretty pumped about it. So I, I had that feeling in my brain, man, I, I could feel it. I really could. Um, anyways, but when it comes to like all the driving and the training and, um, recovery aspect and trying to be smarter with my training, um, I was around a lot of high-end, high-level individuals in Ohio that um, took training to the extreme. And I'm saying extreme, right? You're not going to find anywhere else. 
um, old school gym, 4 a.m. crew. Um, but we're always talking and bouncing ideas off each other, how we can improve, how we can um, recover better, recover faster, if that's a thing. Anyways, um, sometimes doing less is more. And I've learned that. And we talked about it, like you said. Um, and I've really taken that into play. Um, I've cut back a lot. I'm squatting every day. I was squatting four to five days a week. Now I'm squatting once to twice a week. I'm trying to transition into running a little bit more, um, being smarter with stretching out my, my glutes and my hamstrings. And like I said, seeing, um, Dylan in Ohio before moving, trying to activate my glutes and my posterior chain, it's been quite a difficult and stressful process because, you want to just get out there and go, you want to be, you want to be a hundred percent all the time. And that's just, that's not life that life comes in waves and, and it's all how you ride that wave. Um, and if, if you're going to ride that wave into the beach and then it just disperses to whatever, like it is what it is, but you just got to keep pushing and, and finding what works for you. But you said something about doing the things that you don't want to do to get better in basketball. Right. And that for me was the left-handed hook. You and I were used to work on them baby hooks all the time. And I never wanted to do my left, but that was the separator because everybody knew Jay Collins going to go to the right for a baby hook, go to the right, go to the right. But once I dialed in on that left, people weren't expecting. And then that's when you can elevate your game. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, when it comes to recovery, I'm, I'm sleeping a little bit more. I'm going to be honest with you. I was getting up about 3, 3.15 in Ohio. Now I'm getting up at 4 a.m. I'm still getting into the gym about 4.30 a.m., but my training and my life has just taken a complete 360, 180, whatever you want to call it, um, and my priorities have shifted, right? And my training's kind of taking a back seat right now because I'm trying to get experience with training others. Right now I'm training um, my wife and her best friend. Best friend lives down the street, so she rolls in at 4.30 in the morning, and I'm introducing them to weight training. So, um and that's been really good and rewarding because they're starting to see some benefits too. And I'm, I'm starting to finally uh, get that feeling of helping others and and they're getting the feeling that I had when I first started. So it's really cool um, and exciting times right now, even though my training isn't at the highest and that's okay. That's life. Um, it's taken a back burner, but I'm, I'm getting it in when I can. I'm, I'm training in the morning, some evenings after work, I'm going back out to my gym because it's in my backyard. Right. I, I, I created my gym when we moved back here. I was looking for a spot that had a building that I could could set up all the equipment that I acquired over time in Ohio. And I I got a nice little setup rocking and rolling here in Saginaw, Michigan. So um, it's been really good for myself and, and my family and friends that have been utilizing it. I'm trying to get a couple of clients, a couple of athletes rolling through. I got one athlete coming right now. I'm a local hockey player here in Bay City. So that's been really exciting and seeing him push himself and, and challenge himself rolling into my gym that um in this, this athlete that I'm working with. It's funny because he was at my first ever Guinness world record attempt in 2020. He drove down with my father-in-law. Uh, he's a close family friend. And he was at my first ever 2020 Guinness world record attempt. And now he's my first ever athlete that I'm training. So it's kind of cool because I was your first athlete that you trained and now you're you're an inspiration to me because you're, you're building this business with Kramer basketball and doing such a great job and working the entire Midwest. And now the coastal region, like it, it's kind of cool how life works in full circle. Right. So moving back to Michigan doing starting my, my training and things like that, man, it's, it's been, I hope I answer your question. I'm going off on a little rant, but um, it's been really, it's been really good, Steve. 
uh that's awesome jake i mean keep up the good work i mean any anything that's worth doing takes time and and uh you're continuing yep. on that on that journey talk a little bit about the body right um yep. you know you, you mentioned getting your hips right getting your knee right uh what yep. were a couple of the things that you know you had to focus on and and in, in some cases that means i mean i went to physical therapy for three months this spring and so um, and that was the first time I've, I'd consistently done physical therapy. I was going one to two times a week and then doing exercise daily at home, uh, to yep. get my body healed. Um, like I mentioned, I had a little hole in my calf, um, it's pretty painful for a while. Um, what were some of the things that, that you had to do? And sometimes that means, you know, dialing other things back, you know, like they're like lunging and a, a lot of the leg work. I couldn't do it for, for a long time. I was only doing the leg stuff that the doctors gave me and then doing enough when I was training kids on the court. And then like, that was all I did for the spring just to get mm -hmm. my body back where it needed to be. What were some of the things you had to do? Yeah. So first thing that I was introduced to was just getting rooted to the ground and getting a feel for the ground because, um, your body works from the ground up, right? It starts with your big toe, goes all the way through your foot, up through your ankle into your calf, into your knee, VMO, into your quads, hamstrings, excuse me, glutes, psoas, like I, I learned a ton on just really getting grounded to the ground and um, trying to get that mind muscle connection. So when you're, when your muscles are inactive, you're really trying to think about that muscle and trying to get it active. So we're trying to get to the point where um, you're not thinking so much and just doing right. So doubling down on really loading up my big toe and driving the inner heel down was the, the main focus because if you rewind back in 2014, when I moved back home to Michigan from Illinois, when I was playing college ball, I was dislocating my knee frequently. And um, the doctor I saw at the time in 2014 here in Bay City recommended me to get a lateral release on my patella on my right knee. So he clipped my patella on my right knee. So, um, a decade later, I'm kind of suffering the consequences for that. Um, at the time, I I was 20 years old, didn't really know a whole lot about my body and how it worked. But now, looking back, like I probably shouldn't have gotten that surgery. I could have worked through it, strengthening that area. But anyways, don't want to think about that. But um, and then I had two shoulder scopes done, so I got to be conscious of that. Over a decade ago, and I'm starting to feel a couple things here and there. So um, I've had to really take a step back and look at my body and say, is this, is this going to reap me something, reap me a reward, or is it going to take me a couple steps back? Right. Um, and scaling is huge. Like just because um, something hurts doesn't mean you can't modify it. Right. So for example, this morning, my shoulders have been really hurting me for benching and today's Tuesday and we like to bench on Tuesdays. So I threw my um, bow tie on, which is essentially kind of like a posture thing called, um, that you can put around your shoulders and it's, it's nice and tight around your shoulders, kind of helps um, compress the muscles. And then when you're benching with it on, it kind of just really helps loosen up that, those tight joints. And I left that on the whole time and I, and that's a modification. And I was able to bench seven sets of 20 plus reps each set. And I haven't done that in months. And again, like I was really, I was excited for our podcast coming up and I guess like, I got to do something a little extra this morning. Right. Just like yourself. So, um, 
just little things like that, just tweaking something, whether you can't do a push-up, just go on your knees and do knee push-ups, right? Just elevate yourself doing an incline push-up against the stairs, whatever it is. Um, uh, like I'm going off and do a, a rant about modifications now, but um, when it came to like trying to transition back into the rehab part of it, like it's so important to get that mind muscle connection from the ground up. And it literally starts with my big toe. And like I said, I, it's all about loading up my big toe right now because I don't have that patella. I've been so used to rolling out on the outside and my hips out and things like that. Um, so the, my main focus has been just loading up the big toe, driving the inner heel down and think about squishing a grape in the middle of your foot will help activate those, uh, those uh, hamstrings and glutes a little bit more. And I got that cue from Dylan as well. Very cool. Um, so I want to know, uh, as we round out this podcast, a couple final thoughts. Um, what are some, not necessarily the, the, the weightlifting workouts that you're doing, but give us some examples of some of like the, the rehab, like the upkeep on your body, uh, some of the exercises that you would do. Yeah. So I don't have specific names, Steve. I'm, I'm a very hands-on person. I can sure. show you better than I can. Yeah. Um, we can just tell describe you, but... a couple would be great. Yeah. 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 So essentially you just kind of stagger your feet a little bit and um, work on the hinge essentially, right? The hinge is so big in, in body function and in general and breaking down a hinge. It's essentially like when you're getting into a squat, that first movement is hinging into your hips, loading up your glute, loading up your hamstring, activating the adductors and activating the, the VMO and creating separation in your kneecap and creating length in your glute. Those were a lot of cues that I received um, during my rehab process. So it's a lot of time under tension movements. Um, I'm, I'm, I, obviously at the time I was training for the world record. So we did a lot of movements in the lunge position, a lot of lunge isometrics, time under tension is going to create that that really strong and durable tendons. So that was really important. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of time under tension movements in the hinge position, a lot of time under tension, um, hamstring, glute bridges, those kinds of things. Um, single leg glute bridges to emphasize the leg drive up to really squeeze the glutes at the top and um, activate those glutes and hamstrings and the adductors. I hope, cool. I hope that helped. No, those are, those are good. I think everybody's familiar with like glute bridges and how beneficial those can, those can be single leg glute bridges. Um, yeah. Every try day. To, you know, try to Every hit day. the the side. You, we, we all have like a side that's weak compared to the other. And uh, yep. so it's important to do uh, those as well. Um, you moved up to Michigan and yep. you're, you're putting together, you know, I love, you kind of got the, like the shed garage gym thing going on in there. What that, what has uh, that been like? Um, it's been quite the process, honestly, Steve, I appreciate you asking because when we first moved here uh, and we toured the place that, that my now gym used to be his shed where he stored whatever it was in there. So much stuff. He had a car, a big oil spill. So, um, it's been really cool. It's been a good process. It's been a learning process and it's really been testing me. Like, Jake, are you really about this? Like, are you really about to build what you are trying to build? right? Like it, it, it's testing me. I mean, my wife and I were in there this past Sunday painting. I was in the previous weeks before we had to prime two or three coats, the ceiling, the walls before we could even get that black paint up on the wall. So mm. I can see 
what I want to see in that place before it's done. I can envision what I want. Like I'm so excited to put up my decor that I have. Like I got these pictures, I got my Guinness plaques, I got some medals from these powerlifting competitions I I did. Like that's been super cool to to envision, but then it also continues to help motivate me to keep pushing and and keep pushing past that that barrier of are you, are you really about it? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, are you really about to do what you set out and wanted to do yeah. quite some time? So, um, it's been quite the challenge. Um, it's a, I look at it as an investment. It's not, they're not an ex, it's not an expense. Like I'm investing into my health. I'm investing into my body for the long term because I train for the long term. I want to be able to, to God willing, lets me have kids play with my kids run up and down the street when I'm 45 or whatever it is. Like, I don't want to be old and um, not active and not be able to move around. So I'm going to put the time in now so I can reap those rewards later on in life. Yeah. It's tough with the gym stuff because you could easily do it like halfway and just start working out, which is, which is what you want to do. Like you want to, you want to lift weights. Like you, you could go halfway with all the other stuff but everything that you have to do prior is the most important aspect of it to get it to the final version in your mind of, of, of where it's going to be. And that's like, you know, that's its own form of like discipline and patience and and long-term mindset uh, because who wants to paint the weight room? I want to lift in the weight room, right? Who, who wants exactly. to, you know, do stuff with the floor and, all that stuff. I mean, it's just like, it's very tedious. It's if, if you're like me, I hate that stuff. Like one of my good buddies down here, he loves fixing stuff around the house and all those things. I'm not that guy, right? That's not, not my thing. So it's just so much in the area and time investment and sweat equity and things that I'm not interested in, which as we talked about before, is probably a good, even more of a reason to do it. Right. Yep. As far as the, the mental challenge and the, and the growth of doing that, and then you obviously get to reap the rewards uh, later, which is, which is really cool. Um, as we finish out this podcast, any any questions for me? I know we were chatting a little bit bit before, and we're going to shut this down, and, and you can tell me how great it is that Michigan won it all. Oh, man, I wasn't expecting that, Steve. But, uh, no, I, I didn't have any questions. I just want to say thank you, man. Like you, You're consistently asking me to come on your podcast, which I greatly appreciate, man. And uh, just from seeing how far you've come with your business, like I said earlier, and then going back even further, you and I training, putting shots up, like those are times that I'll never forget, never take for granted because it, it, it led me to the spot that I'm in today, really, mm-hmm. to be honest mm-hmm. with you all. <laughs> Quick story. I'll never forget the time you let me know, like, Hey, I got my, uh, the owner of the team coming out to, to stay in Seabling for a couple of weeks and he's going to be at this open gym. And I had a job at this local meat shop. And he goes, Jake, you need to come out and play in front of him for this open gym. I was like, I got to work. So I call up my work and I just, I was blunt and honest with him. I said, Hey, I got, I got this owner <laughs> of this team out from Germany here in town that um, the guy I'm training with wants me to play in front of. And, and I'm inspiring to go play overseas. So I'm not coming into work. They weren't thrilled, but Hey, it is what it is. <laughs> I don't remember this story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one time that your, your owner of the team came yeah. out. I had to work that day. You were like, Jake, you need to play. And I was uh-huh. like, I got to work. And so I called to work and I was like, I'm not coming in like, because that, that's how important it was to me. So mm-hmm. 
Um, you got to be obsessed about it in order yeah. to achieve what you want to achieve. So I'll, I'll end it on that. But yes, go blue national chance. I've been waiting for this for an extremely long time. I'm a diehard Michigan fan. I've been going to the game since I was a kid. I got pictures of me and Braylon Edwards, Michael Phelps, like, man, I'll tell you what, I definitely cried after we won and I'll be the first one to let you know I cried because that's how much the Michigan Wolverines mean to me. Um, so for them to go out on top this year, seeing Jim Harbaugh leave, uh, I'm not even mad at him. Would I have liked to see him come back for another year to go back to back and kind of separate himself from Bo Schembechler? Cause at the, right now, I mean, I don't know. Bo's got a statue. If he would have came back one more year, one back to back, would he get a statue? Just saying, I'll leave it at that. That's my opinion. Same with JJ. He's such a great quarterback. He had such a good stride from last year to this year. And I, in my opinion, if he would have came back one more year, man, his stock would have just went up even more. That's just my opinion, though. You know, I love you, Jake, because giving you your two cents on Michigan is not, <laughs> you know, I'm not not a fan of Michigan. So um, I know. You know, that, that, that's that's true love and respect right there for you, because I knew, obviously, I mean, how how often does this team win a national championship? Like, it's a big deal. So uh, congratulations to all the Michigan fans that are listening. And I'm sure it felt extra good to to train to live with so many Ohio State fans for so long. And then the team up north uh, came home with with the national title. It's got to feel even better. Uh, so, you know, congratulations. Oh, great. Congratulations thanks. again to you. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. Jake, thanks for taking the time. To our listeners, we appreciate you. And again, this hope is, hey, exercise. Uh, you know, Get yourself in gear uh, with 2024. Uh, do something that's challenging. Do something that's tough. You'll be glad that you did it. You'll be better for it. And uh, out of all the takeaways that Jake has mentioned with the exercises and the world record, I mean, I hope that's one of the bigger takeaways uh, from all of us in the time we've spent together. So thank you again. Thank you to, to Jake, two-time Guinness Book World Record holder. Get after it today. From the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, you are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by coachesedge.coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer.